Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're super excited. We are taking on a worthwhile endeavor at Life Success and Legacy. Our intention is to honor Nelson Nash, the man, as well as the infinite banking concept. We're going to create a series of resources, including podcasts and text, as a resource for others who want to truly understand with depth and clarity what Nelson shared in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, as well as the many seminars and think tanks that we were fortunate to have attended during his life. So who is this intended audience? Well, we will use Nelson Nash's own words. It is written for the layman, not for financial advisors, but all life agents should be thoroughly knowledgeable of its content and practice. So whether you are an individual, part of a family, a business owner, or a life insurance agent, this is for you. So sit back, relax, and we will walk you through becoming your own banker step-by-step so you can reference the parts you want to revisit at your own pace. And we might have a little fun along the way. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another uh, episode of Life Success Legacies podcast. My name is Chris Bay and Mike Everett's here. And uh, we're having a ball going through Nelson Nash's um, book, Becoming Your Own Banker. As always, we highly recommend you get a copy for yourself so you can uh, go through it. I'm just going to show you... (laughs) Mine's falling apart. Oh, my. And, and here's what it looks like, because we, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've read through this book, and we highlight, we uh, do illustrations, we draw, we underline, we have uh, big question marks. And um, what I'm sad about is we no longer have the ability when we've got a question, just call Nelson Nash up and say, Nelson, what in the world were you talking about here? Oh, man. You remember, you remember when we, in fact, you and I and Mike Crawford were sitting here one, one afternoon, and this was a couple of years ago. Maybe no, In your basement, your old house. Yeah, three, maybe three years ago. And we had some kind of big giant question mark that came up in our brain. I said, well, let's just call Nelson. And uh, we'd call Nelson and he would dive into one of his stories and, and, and get our heads put on right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my. It's true. All right. I was just starting my timer so we don't get going too long. Sometimes we get on a roll and I, mm. I'm like, holy cow, we've been talking a long time. Crawford's yeah. going to cut us off. Yep. <laughs> so for our listeners, we are, um, we're working our way through the chapter that started on page 36, creating the entity. We are now over on page 38 and um, I'm going to start just on touching The last episode we talked about was misclassification, and Nelson used the example of potatoes and and how for a long time the Europeans thought that potatoes were poisonous and wouldn't eat them. And um, he also uses the example of the tomato plant um, coming from Mexico, and it too suffered the same misunderstanding. Um, Actually, Thomas Jefferson introduced the tomato to the dinner table in America, uh, and almost everyone thought it was poisonous. And uh, again, it was of the same family. So another misclassification and obviously whole life insurance, Nelson would say, man, it's got the wrong name. It really should be a banking system that happens to have a death benefit attached to it. Amen. Now, now we're going to design, uh, jump into the policy design as Nelson describes here. He, he goes back to the, that picture of the modified endowment, that little triangle, if you're looking at your book. 
And I'll say um, the triangle at the bottom of the scale, uh, I want you to notice that any plan located to the left of this line is classified by the IRS as a modified endowment contract. These plans are not treated as life insurance by the IRS, meaning that any withdrawal or loan from the plan would be treated as a distribution and would be taxed as from any other accumulation account. Mm. Okay. And Mike, you dug into that uh, pretty at length, I thought, and did a great job in our last podcast. The earnings portion is taxed as ordinary income, just reiterating what you had said, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and then the withdrawal or loan is made as well. So what we do, again, is we just design our policies up close to that modified endowment contract line without it going over. In fact, when we design the policies, we check a little box that tells the life insurance company, don't ever let this become a mech. So for example, if, if I send extra money to my policy and it would create a modified endowment contract, the company simply just sends me a check back yeah. that amount that would have created a, a mech. So it's got safeguards all over the place, okay? All right, so Nelson does talk here in the, I'm at the top of 38 in the first paragraph. He says, after all, hmm. We're not attempting to accomplish all of the banking needs through the device of one policy. We will need a system of many policies in order to do the complete job. This is simply just a description of the design for each policy to best accomplish the system. Now I have highlighted in my book, we will need a system of many policies in order to do the job completely. Mm. Talk about, um, why in the world would anyone create a system of policies? And what was Nelson? Nelson shared with us his system. What is your system? And I can talk about ours as well. Well, at one point in time, Nelson had 49 policies. And the reason why he had so many policies was you're going to need a place to put some money because uh, and I have 19 policies now. Um, so if you think about it, you have dollars going out the door. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this as quickly as I possibly can. You've got your house, your cars, your credit cards, your student loans, business expenses, gas costs, gas costs, uh, vacation costs. You've got all of these different dollars that you, they're coming in, they're going out, they're coming in and going out and however you're doing that. But if all of a sudden we can create a system to where we can get rid of those outside costs and move them over to a system that you own inside costs, then you're going to need a place to put some more money. So, you know, in the midst of all of that, as we're doing that, you're, you're creating the policy. We're getting as close to that modified endowment contract line. We're taking policy loans. We're paying off debt. Eventually what's going to happen is you're, you're not going to have a big enough space in one or two policies to park some money. And so you're going to need additional policies. And so you're going to have to create the system over and over and over again. And this is why uh, Nelson really said that you need a coach. Yeah. You need somebody alongside you to be able to help you manage this. Uh, at first, it seems chaotic. But as you get to know your system, it becomes very unchaotic. 
And I'll use <laughs> I'll use Ron Swall for example. Yeah. 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 What a what a great example. You know, he, he I remember uh, he he said you know when he started first started learning about this he thought holy cow this is a mess. But now he, he's like, I'm more confused about what I thought about money than before. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden, what, five, six, seven years later, man, this guy calls us with some of the greatest ideas ever yeah, about infinite banking. So it, it's just like anything that we do, becoming a parent, learning a job. At first, we absolutely have zero idea what we're doing. But through learning and through educating, through experience of life, we learned that this is really much, much simpler than we thought it was when we began. Mike, I was doing a coaching session in the last two weeks with a client um, that I adore, a great family. They're a lot of fun. And, um, and when we design um, IBC strategies for people and the size of the policies, we, we go very conservative. Very. We, we always say, if we add one lick of financial stress to your life, we've done something wrong. Yep. Right? Um, and plus just the way the policies, the way we design, there's tons of flexibility. So um, this client we're meeting and they're a couple years into their plan and they, they have paid back all their policy loans. They've already paid up their, their uh, premiums and they've got a bunch of money sitting over in their savings account. And the wife <laughs> is getting frustrated with me. She's like, I don't feel like we're really using our banking system. And I said, well, I understand that in the beginning, it takes a while to kind of get your system up and yeah. going. And, and, you know, at the beginning, your, your cash value is small and all those things. And I said, just give it some time. It'll work out. And I said, you know what, let's go back and look. I said, really, the problem is your policies are probably too small yeah. for your cash flow. And I went back with them and I said, oh, look at our original uh, plan we suggested for you. It was bigger policies, but they had gone less. Right. Even though, even though those bigger policies were very conservative given their circumstances, they yeah. still chose to dip their toe in a little less uh, with smaller policies. And I said, part of the problem is we designed this so that it could accommodate your cash flow that you guys had. You chose to go smaller, which is great. That's that's a hundred percent. It's your money, right? But this is what happens is you start running out of places to put your cash yep. because of the size of the policy. So this yeah, is why we need mind. a, yeah, this is exactly why we need a system of them because yeah. we're going to need more places to put money. We have started, we started our original plan with four policies and we have added additional IBC policies to that. Um, we now have, I think, seven IBC policies personally. We also have three convertible yes. terms one on my wife and one on each of my daughters. Now, the reason for that is we wanted to, my daughters are 19 and 22. So they're going to start getting into the workforce and, and making income. And their little bitty policies we started back in 2011 are going to get filled up so darn quick. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to need more. So that's why we did convertible term policies so they can expand their system of IBC policies, even if for some reason, they became uninsurable. That's the convertible part. That's exactly right. And, and the company that we prefer to work with, I believe is the only company um, that allows you to convert term into an IBC style uh, policy. And so we really like um, yes. suggesting those convertible terms for, for people. 
Um, and then for my wife, because we added death benefit on my girls, we had to actually increase the amount of death benefit we had on my <laughs> wife so we could um, have that additional death benefit on the girls. So we've got those three convertibles and hope to add more. I will also add for business owners out there, Mike, you want to talk about, um, we also have policies inside our business. Yeah. So for business owners out there, I think it's, it's key that you add value to not just your business, but to your employee. So what we do is we have our team of four and Chris and I have policies on each other, but we also bought policies on, on our key employees, Michael Crawford and Shelly Forbes. And really what we're doing is we're creating a system. I mean, uh, let's get real as a business owner. And I, I'm going to just talk basic stuff here. If we were to lose Michael or if we were to lose Shelly, I'm going to tell you what, we got a problem here. That's a huge loss. Oh my goodness. So key man employee life insurance would, would be in effect if you lost that key employee, how in the world could we replace them quickly? Right. And, you know, not that we, uh, not that we are looking for that, that worst case scenario to happen, but yet if all of a sudden a business had some dollars injected into the business, you could easily replace that employee with a high quality employee. Yeah. Not near as high quality as the ones we got, by the way. No, but we're going <laughs> to, we'd be in a world of hurt if, if we lost Shelly or, or, or Michael. Oh my goodness. Or, or either of us for that matter. Yeah. You know, we, we all have our, our different skills. And I want to talk about how we use those policies inside the business real quickly. Um, we've actually never taken loans against those policies. No. Nope. We could be cycling money through. But in my mind, kind of how we look at that is kind of like that, that war chest, that rainy day fund where we have access to dollars if we need it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's smart for business owners to, to get policies inside. Well, oh, oh, by the way, we haven't gotten there yet, but in the twins and the equipment financing, yeah, <laughs> Nelson took seven years and four years to capitalize them. Mm -hmm. um, that's a little different than what we're showing our clients, but yet we're we're trying to uh, actually utilize both schools of thought as we're building systems and creating uh, plans for our customers that would work in their best interest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm in the middle of page 38 and Nelson's talking a little bit here. He says, um, the, when using this type of life insurance to solve your need for banking, he says it is best to select a plan. He's talking about the base premium, the base policy that is in the middle of the scale, such as ordinary life or life paid up at age 65. Okay. And then he introduces the paid up edition rider to the plan. Mm. Okay. Now I'll say this. There are all kinds of different ways to design policies and yep. people are always trying to re recreate the wheel, reinvent the wheel. Um, we we design policies based on what the goals of the client are. We yep. try to design policies so that we're not just looking short-term, but we're also looking mid-range and long-term. And it really depends on what the client's goals are. Um, with that in mind, it, it's a little bit of an art in how we design those policies. It depends on age and gender and health and where they are in life and all those kinds of things. 
but as a general rule, we stick to what Nelson teaches, and that is you, you kind of you, you get a, a base premium and then you add a, a PUA on top of that because it makes it good for the short term as well as the long term. Yeah. Mike, any comments you want to make about the PUA being introduced? Well, it took me forever to learn what that PUA was, but really uh, it, it's cash on cash, but uh, gosh, the, the PUA rider, it, it really is. And I'm, I'm going to talk about the policy design itself. So basically dividends are paid off of what we call the base, base policy. And the, the base premium buys the biggest part of the, the death benefit. But then when you add in the PUA, that's really a, a cash on cash. But yet, as dividends begin to be introduced to that policy, then what ends up happening is the dividends then buy additional paid up insurance, which adds to the base, which increases the dividend, which increases more paid up addition insurance, which then in the great big scheme of things, and I'm sure Nelson knew all about this, what you're doing is you're creating a machine that gets bigger and bigger and better and better as life goes on. So this is the awesome thing about whole life insurance, especially IBC policy design. It gets better every year and you can't do anything about it. All you got to do is pay your premiums and it gets better. Mm. I like your example, the image you've used in the past for those of you who live in parts of the country where you get snow. Yeah. If, if you got a, a kiddo that you take out and it's the first snow of the season and they're all excited to get out in the snow and you go over to a hill and you start making a little snowball and then they start rolling it and they start rolling it down that hill where the momentum of it just, it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's really what happens with these, with these policies is you gotta capitalize them in the beginning, just like a business, but then those things just grow and grow and grow and become unbelievable tools. Mm. Yep. Okay. Um, Nelson says down here at the bottom of 38, he says, some people uh, have said um, the process of putting a paid up edition rider is kind of like overfunding the policy. He says, yep. well, if that helps with your understanding, that's great. He says, but the objective should be simply to get as much money as possible into a policy with the least amount of insurance instead of trying to put as little money in and provide the greatest amount of insurance. Initially, he has in parentheses. Yeah. It's actually the exact opposite of how most of us look at, at life insurance. We're trying to get the most expensive life insurance we could possibly get mm. because we're, we're injecting cash into our banking system. And that's where we talk about premiums being premium deposits. They are deposits into our banking system. Okay. All right. His last paragraph here, before he gets to his thoughts on universal life and variable life, he talks about Christopher Columbus um, starting his journey westward from Europe to get to the east. His destination was supposed to be India. And when his party finally arrived at some islands in the Caribbean, they met some people that they had never seen before. They called them Indians. <laughs> they were not, but the name stuck. There are probably thousands of such examples of misclassification. Again, he's coming back to the misclassification piece that we run into every day, but they probably don't increase the quality of our lives. 
Instead, they limit our thinking and lead us to wrong conclusions. Words are powerful things. Boy, don't we know that right now? Yeah, it goes back again to one of Nelson's principles, and that is rethink your thinking. I more and more, when somebody says something or I read something, I just kind of push the pause button and think about it. You know, (laughs) we try to simplify things and make them too simple. And there's a lot of complexities in this world. Yeah. And and people want to pick one answer or another answer and just land on it and stand there. But most issues are pretty complex that we face in our world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Our next podcast, we're going to jump into um, my thoughts on universal life and variable life. When I say my thoughts, they are not my thoughts. That's what Nelson wrote. They are Nelson's thoughts on these types of, uh, of policies. So we'll jump into that with our next podcast. Uh, Mike Everett, thanks for your insights and stories. Appreciate it. We'll look forward to our next one. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us.